The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Welcome back. So, anyone feeling sleepy after lunch? Yep, yep, me too, yep. So, what I'd like to do is, first I'd like to open up the floor for any questions that might be left over from this morning. And sometimes Q&A can bring up the energy, um, and then we're going to go into a guided meditation. And when we go into the guided meditation, <laughs> I would recommend that you do standing meditation. If there's any bit of sleepiness present, even if it's not, just experiment with it, see what, what it feels like. It's just as good a uh, posture as, as sitting. But before that, I'd like to open it up to any questions that might be left over or maybe you thought about it over lunch and something came up for you from your experience or anything that would explain. Yeah, please. There's a mic there. Ah, there's a mic up there also. Thanks. <coughs> Works? All right. Um, I guess in the personal practice that you have been doing, you are doing. Yeah. Um, I guess it's more of a logistical question, but still, how do you balance between the mindfulness practice and the meta-compassion practice? Like, do you do one, do you do another, do you do both? Like, if you don't have time to do both, how do you <laughs> figure out? It's like... Yeah, how do you um, decide? There is, like, some, I guess... Um, fear, worrying me that like um, for switching just towards one for long periods of time because like oh I would forget everything that I've learned there and like this you know uneasy about like how do I balance I guess because they're different in a sense. Right, right, right. So so uh, I missed something you said. You said there is a fear that if you do one of them for a while you might forget the other. Is that what you said? I didn't quite hear it clearly. Something like that lurking in the back of the mind. Right, right, right. Yeah. So so that's a really good question. You know, with these practices it seems like a practice of um mindfulness, insight practice feels qualitatively different and mindfulness of the body, mindfulness of thinking and you know, basically mindfulness <coughs> compared to um compassion cultivation <coughs> or metta, loving kindness, you know, the the practice of the heart. So how to how to balance it? So you know there is not one formula. I'll offer a few things, uh, a few considerations that you might have, and I'll also share with you what what I have done in the past. So um, so one thing is that you could choose to spend some time every day, split your time um, between doing compassion or metta, um, loving kindness meditation. And um, and mindfulness inside practice. You can start with one, and then switch to the other, or vice versa. Um, and and if you choose to do that, then ex- 
experiment. See what works well for you. Every single person is going to be different, and different periods of your life are going to be different. Um, you could also, instead of splitting it down the middle, you can do a little bit of one and most of the other. Um, and again, you can experiment. Um, maybe there is sometimes you go, you're going through a really rough time in your life, and maybe you'll, you'll just do, I don't know, five minutes of mindfulness, and the rest of it is compassion, self-compassion. So, so for me, I've I spent about a year of my practice mainly doing loving kindness and compassion for about a year. And that's when I was going through the C-Care, um, uh, the Stanford training, because I was already reading so many articles, so many books and research articles about uh, compassion and kindness anyway. And it was my daily practice. So it was just like, whoop, just that became my focus for a whole year. And it was lovely because actually that had been my inspiration for a while. I had to hurt somebody else do a whole year of this practice as their primary practice. I thought, oh, someday I'll do that. Well, that someday happened. So I did it for a whole year, and it was really lovely. It was really lovely to just explore it um, thoroughly. Um, you know, Not to say thoroughly I'm done. There's plenty more to always do and explore, but it was just a really nice, rich way of exploring it. Um, and I didn't forget my mindfulness practice, and I trust you won't either. So, so not so much, you know, giving you a direct instruction what to do, but I'm inviting you to figure it out for yourself. Experiment. Feel free to experiment. Like, take a week to do just metta. Take a week just to do mindfulness. See what it's like. Take a week to do 50-50. That one first, the other one second. Then, then switch. No, seriously, be a scientist of your own mind. You're the only one who can figure it out for you. So what I'm giving you is the complete permission to, to just go, like, figure it for your, figure out for yourself. How does that sound? Sounds good. Any other questions from this morning? Anything that might have come up for you? Anything that was confusing or something that clicked for you maybe over lunch? Yeah, Sylvie. Mike coming your way behind you. <coughs> yeah, I have a question about the um, yeah, enemies. So you mentioned um, empathic distress and pity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wondering if they, where would you put this other example that I would give? Um, I find that uh, <coughs> being ill, a lot of people think that they are compassionate, but they're actually trying to fix me. And w- how would you... Called is this a near enemy of compassion, or how would you, where would you put that category? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of a miss. I don't know. I wouldn't put in because compassion is kind of when you feel like you're doing it, but it's kind of like they're going towards compassion, like it just kind of goes towards 
fixing, but I would so I wouldn't put it in either of those. But I, what I would say is that what's I think it comes up naturally when people are so uncomfortable with their own suffering and pain, seeing you uncomfortable. It brings up so much um, empathetic distress in them. So maybe it's kind of a subcategory of empathetic distress as I think about it, actually, because it comes out of empathetic distress. It's their own distress, wanting to fix you so they don't suffer. Yes. Just to follow up on that. And, well, and wait for the mic, oh, please. No worries. It's coming right up. Thank you. Tap on top and you'll know. It won't be recorded. There we go. Thank you. Uh, to follow up on Zoe's question, um, when someone wants to fix you, mm. uh, how to address that in a compassionate way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good question, isn't it? Yeah. I think so. I think so. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So let's, let's feel into it together. Actually, let's feel into it together um, not just you and I, Trudy, but as a community. Just bring up an, a, you know, someone who's really well-meaning and, you, and they care about you. You know they care about you, right? And maybe this has even happened, an example in your life, that you're sharing with them some difficulty you're having and and you know they're compassionate they're they're feeling then they 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 want to help but at that moment what you really want is just someone to hear someone to listen yeah. you don't want someone to fix it for you fix you fix it it just kind of listen and they're trying to fix it they're trying to fix you give suggestions and so for you to recognize in that moment I think what comes up for me I'm going to share what comes up for me that they are trying to be helpful. They're doing their best. And their best looks like this. They're doing their best. And their best looks like this. Mm-hmm. So um, so it is coming from a place of kindness on their part. So that, recognizing that, then helps bring whatever you might say or do, or not say or do, from a place of kindness for you. And you, you know, you might let them try to fix you or fix the situation because they're doing their best, and you know this might make them feel better. Like you, you might let them continue, or you might say, you know, dear, this is not what I need really right now. But when the way you say that yep. is going to come from a place of kindness instead of stop fixing me, like right, <laughs> but it's going to come like you know that's not what, what I really want you. But what, what what I need right now is for you just to listen. That's that's yeah. all I need right now. Yeah. If if that's possible for you, and if not, I understand. Maybe they maybe they can't. Maybe mm-hmm. they, you know, they have an appointment, so they're trying to fix you so that they get out of the house, right? You don't know, so maybe yeah. you don't want to ask for too much either, right? But it's that understanding, it's that understanding of the care and the kindness that's offered, and having your response come come out of that. 
So, okay. Maybe the energy is a little higher. Maybe not. Maybe you're even more sleepy. Okay, here we go. So tell you what, actually, I'm going to suggest, um, I'm going to start actually giving the guided meditation standing up in order to encourage any of you who might feel the least bit of heaviness. Even if you're not feeling, you might feel it. This is the witching hour around 2 o'clock. <clears throat> to get up. And standing meditation is just as worthy poses, sitting meditation. And for this practice, you can have either your eyes open or um, closed. If you choose to have them closed, make sure you have good balance. If, you, if they're open, then let them be very softly open, a soft gaze in front of you, very soft gaze in front of you with a comfortable angle on your neck. And also... Let the eyes be open such that they're not so much looking out, seeking, seeking stimulus, seeking entertainment, but just kind of like they're just open receiving, receiving shapes and colors and lines and patches, just receiving, they're just receiving, kind of a soft, soft gaze receiving. Feeling your feet on the floor. Grounded, rooted. Feeling your posture. See if you need to make any adjustments to stand comfortably. And for you to know that you're welcome to sit any time you want. You can transition between sitting and standing right where you are. Right where you are. Letting your shoulders be comfortable. Maybe roll back just a tiny bit to open your chest a little bit. Letting your arms hang on the side, by the sides. Making sure your knees aren't locked so that there's a little bit of flexibility in your gait, in your posture. Ah, Letting the breath move in and out. with each breath becoming more grounded and more present. Now I'd like to invite you to bring to mind a friend or a relative whom you care about and is having some challenges in their life right now. Connecting with this friend, relative, being that you know. Connecting with a sense of goodwill. First, first, not 
after you bring them to mind, after you've already chosen them, don't start connecting with the difficulties and challenges just yet. Start connecting first with the sense of care you have for them. You care about this person, this being in your life. You wish them well and ease. Have a sense of goodwill for them. You want them to be happy. Just like you, you want them to be happy. Bringing them to your mind's eye, their felt sense, their image if you're visual. What do they feel like? What do they look like? As if they were in front of you. Right in front of you. Standing in front of you, sitting in front of you. You see them. You wish them well. You want them to be happy. You want them to be well. You have goodwill for them. Spending a few minutes just with metta, just with loving kindness, not connecting with their suffering yet, just with the goodwill for this being. Give the short phrases, may you be well, may you be happy. May you be well, may you be happy. Again, keeping in mind their felt sense or an image of them, that's number one. And number two is the feeling of care, goodwill that comes up in you, evoked, invoked from bringing them to mind. And flowing from that, phrases of care, friendliness, metta, the short form or the long form, the short form. I freed today just two phrases, may you be well, may you be happy. Or the four phrases, may you be safe, <coughs> may you be happy, may you be healthy. And may you have ease in your life. Priming, priming your heart. With goodwill for a few minutes.
And I'd like to ask you to connect, if you would, to the challenge this person is having in their life. While you have the sense of goodwill, friendliness, good wishes for them, connecting with their challenges, what's difficult for them, the ways maybe they're sad or or hurting physically or emotionally. And while you connect with their challenge, their difficulty, continuing to hold it in your mind's eye, in your heart, with a sense of goodwill, friendliness, kindness, care, I care. May you be free from this sorrow, from this pain, from this suffering. May you have ease. I wish you well. I wish you happiness. Opening up, opening up your heart stay with, not turn away, not turn away from suffering or challenge. Strengthening the ability of your heart to be with suffering, supported with care and kindness, shrouded with goodwill, in goodwill. If you like, you can put a hand, palm in the middle of your heart center, middle of your chest, to connect with a sense of goodwill you have, a sense of goodwill you have with this person, and also connecting, connecting with their suffering, with their pain, with their challenges. I care for you, dear one. Mm, this is hard for you. I acknowledge this is hard for you. 
And I care for you and wish you ease, wish you to be free from it, have peace in your life. And if your connection gets lost, bring their image up again, their felt sense of this friend. Feeling your care for them and then connecting with their challenge, their difficulty. By opening up to this being's challenge meeting it with kindness. We're strengthening the courage of our heart to be with difficulty, which is part of life. Meeting it with kindness, with the appropriate response. Building resilience instead of turning away. I wish you ease, dear so-and-so. This is challenging for you. I acknowledge how difficult this is for you. May you find ease. May you find ease in the midst of it as much as possible. May there be ease and joy and happiness for you. I care for you. I care for you. So in a moment, we're going to transition seamlessly without speaking in silence from either sitting or standing meditation to walking meditation. Taking this outside or inside. Walking, continuing this practice. 
And if you want to continue to sit, you're welcome to do that also. You can either walk inside, the formal walking meditation, or walk outside, just simply being aware of passers-by and giving them right away. So continuing this practice, sitting, standing, and now walking. And we will be back here at 2.30. Bell will be rung outside five minutes before it. And now go. And let your transition also be still with this meditation in mind. Don't lose the meditative space you're in. It's a meditative transition. 